Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Hello, welcome to Film Fandango, the film podcast. My name's David Reed, and this is Marek Larwood. Hello, Marek. Hello, David. Hello, listeners. Hello, listeners, indeed. Are you well, Marek? I need to lose weight. You need to lose weight, me too. Do you want to lose weight together? What does that mean? It's looking at sitting on... Building a room with two toilets. Two toilets. Facing each other. And a treadmill. <laughs> two toilets facing each other. Just the two treadmills facing each other. Would you like to jog looking into someone's eyes? You do get that, though, don't you? Do you? If you go to the gym... And it's really, it's. I remember going to the gym when I, it's when I was really depressed and used to go to the gym all the time. And you've rows of running machines, and normally in the middle area, there's the work, the sort of weight spit. Yeah. Which is really weird because you have men, or I found really weird, who are just literally looking at themselves. Uh, it's quite an odd thing doing weights. Mm. And then occasionally you'd have a bit where there'd be lots of people, so there are two running machines. And there are weight bits in the middle, but occasionally be empty when I went during the daytime. And someone would pick the running machine almost opposite me, and there was no one in the middle. So you just you. you listen to your music and you think, mm, why did you pick the one? It's a bit like sitting next to someone on the on the tube. Yeah, that's that's poor geometric, yeah. isn't it? I don't like that. There Luckily, be, I don't exercise, so I've never experienced that. There's no punishment for personal space invasions. And I think Lee, when I become dictator of the world, yes, that's one of the things. That'll be the only law. <laughs> yeah. Well, because if you if because not if you're the sort of person who invades someone's personal space, yeah, I think you're on the road to crime. That's the first step on the road to to so to it's murder. a very good way of preempting all crime. Yes. So you immediately imprison that person for life. No and crime, then, and then you realise then actually. Oh, the world's a nicer place. Yeah, it's only thoughtful people left. It's very simple. Yeah. You're basically outlawing selfishness and self-centeredness. I think that's a... You're only two steps away from murder. Probably. People who do that. What's the middle step? Littering. Littering, then murder. Yes. Wow, that's a gateway to murder, littering. Well, I mean, it might sound quite quite right wing a bit, it does sound a bit right wing but that's just you, that's your that's, problem that's my, that will become my problem when you are well, if you want to hang around a world full of murderers I don't I don't well you've got to make a decision David <laughs> oh no do I vote for Larwood well here we go four more glorious years 
We're not here to talk about dictatorships. We're not. We're here to talk about films. And before we start in earnest, we should say we're sponsored by Her Film Project, who are an organisation that help promote diversity in films. And good luck to them, I say. Uh, you can follow what they do at herfilmproject.com or follow them on Twitter, where they are, usefully, Her Film Project. I've stopped saying at before Twitter handles, I've noticed, because I think people now know there's an at. I think we've got to that stage. Like not having to say www dot before web addresses. Here's my question for you. Yeah. You know that the before the internet, when the app thing was on keyboards. Yes. It was barely ever used. What was it for? Yeah. What was it for? I don't know. For cafe signs. If you were ever printing this cafe sign. No, but that's internet cafes. But the app thing was on keyboards before the... Yeah. And suddenly that key became a really powerful I mean no, I don't know what I'm, what the point I'm trying to make here but no, I'm but finding it some what was the point of the at key yeah. one, one of the least used buttons became one of the most used buttons Incredible. what I'm trying to say that if you're an outsider yeah. there's always hope that for, t- for you, you will just become time. you'll become fashionable at some point through, through luck or through fate that you might be in the right place at the right time you could be like the at symbol on the keyboard and be literally pushed down by someone's finger Every five seconds. Yeah. It, I, I assume before Twitter, it was just a shorthand way of saying Atat, which is the uh, the sort of imperial walkers in Star Wars, which instead of having to type all four letters, you could just do two ats, couldn't you? I remember thinking it looked like the A in Cadbury's. Oh, maybe that's what it was for. Yeah. <laughs> um, anyway, um, Films. I have seen a film I've been wanting to see for a long time. It came out last year and it's now on streaming services to rent and so I have watched it as I am a free man. Uh, It's called Free Fire. It's um, a film by Ben Wheatley who is a director that I have watched most of his films now. We've watched pretty much all of Ben Wheatley. I think so. I think there's one. He's very prolific so actually it's quite hard to watch all of them but he did High Rise, he did... Kill he, List, which is excellent. He did High Rise literally last year as well, didn't he? Just finished yeah, yeah, last yeah. year. Yeah, I mean, very uh, prolific. Uh, but he writes with his partner, Amy Jump, uh, co-writes them, and then he directs them um, as well. But this is an ensemble piece that is... You can tell the premise is uh, by someone who loves cinema because it is not your average thriller... It is all set in one location. This is all set in a disused factory, and the entire film is in real time across a, an arms deal that goes wrong. And is it set in the seventies? Everyone's wearing. It's quite set trendy. in the seventies. Yes, yeah. and the reason for that I've read is so that none of them can have mobile phones because that would just ruin the premise immediately. We talked about this before, and Michael Smythe's in it as usual. The cast is fantastic, and really, that's what this is. It's a it's a really fun ca- ensemble character piece. There's no lead character. Michael so- Smythe he's, he's one of those really lucky actors who gets to be the sort of signature, a bit like um, Samuel Jackson with Quentin Tarantino. Yeah, but... He used to get to be that signature actor. But to his credit, I mean, Michael Smiley was a stand-up comedian for years, and then it's through his association with, uh, I believe, with Simon Pegg and Nick Frost that they gave him a, a role on Spaced, that that's where it all started out for him in yeah, terms of his film focus, career. Yeah. Um, but the cast of this is excellent. It's people we 
love rather than just famous people. So the most famous person in it is probably Brie Larson at the moment. Um, but uh, it's got Army Hammer in it, who's excellent, actually. I've never really seen him in anything, but he's he's really good. Killian Murphy and Sam Riley are in it. Um, uh, Jack Rayner, the guy who plays his brother in Sing Street. Yeah, Jack Rayner's excellent in it. Uh, Charlto Copley, who I absolutely love, he's and he's growing on me with every film I see him in. He, this is the guy who was in District 9. That's when he first... Uh, um, but this guy who plays this guy fucking prawns man yes but he does actually have a South African accent so he's also well, he's from South Africa right? that's right um, and he does his South African accent in this as well and oh, he's, he, he's he's Chippy Chippy it's me Chippy that's what I can remember all I, I haven't even seen Chippy but uh, I just think of him saying I, I only think of it saying his voice Chippy Chippy um, but he's really funny in this and even uh, Tom Davis even appears at one point as well uh, uh, as in oh, really? British okay. comedian Tom Davis from uh, from Murder and Successful. Yeah. Um, and the entire thing is one group are trying to buy some guns off the other group and then something goes wrong. And it, it's it's joyous, you know. It's but it's entirely that. It is a shootout, basically. Is it long? Um, well, no, it's not overly long. I mean, how could you make that premise overly long? I imagine it's it's one hour 31 minutes, so it's tight. Um, and it holds, it It doesn't get repetitive like you, you'd imagine it perhaps would. Um, there's enough twists and turns. And But what I loved about it was from going from scenes we've seen similar things of before with, you know, the shootout. The shootout is a well-tried and tested, you know... Uh, part of westerns more than anything else possibly but uh, is as they all get shot and all uh, are losing blood it gets most of them are crawling around the ground in the, from the sort of halfway point onwards and they're all getting a bit woozy and groggy and nothing's really making sense anymore and it just gets a bit sort of um, like everyone's like almost drunk by the end of it on blood loss is and it what's the tone of it is it funny then is it quite it's both uh, viscerally violent and funny so it the characters are excellent you know there's some really fun bits in it Sam Riley's playing a junkie who is and he's just so good at it um, and Shalto Copley is playing <laughs> the way they introduce his character is perfect it's someone who was misdiagnosed as a genius when he was young and he's never gotten over it so he's got a real inferiority complex and is an idiot but he's constantly trying to sort of boss people around and he's got a really sharp suit that he's uh but he's it's just a brilliantly observed character he's excellent Michael Smiley is playing as you'd imagine a really short fused Northern Irish man um, called Frank um, is it quite stylish because I, I because his stuff was quite visceral in his early stuff Ben yes. Wheatley and then High High Rise was just seems to be a departure from that to quite a stylish I felt uh, High Rise was almost more style, style like than substance, substance yeah. a bit it, it lost me slightly High Rise although you know it certainly wasn't boring um, also I think having Tom Hiddleston as your lead is always a mistake because your your audience just will not connect with him because yeah. he is unconnectable too but Kill List is 
creepy and really gets under your skin. This doesn't. This is more fun because it's it's a shootout film. It's guns. Like you Tarant- know? Is it like a Tarantino film? Because the trailer makes it look like a Tarantino film. In in some in the way that it's got brilliantly written and performed characters and crime and violence. Yes, it is. A, it is like a Tarantino, but no, in terms of the way he shoots it, it's not sort of. It doesn't feel like it's influences comic books, which is what feels like with Tarantino okay this is his own shooting style and it's 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 really fun it's a really fun uh, film it's limitations are it's it's limitations come from the same place as uh, what makes it great as well in that the whole thing is one shootout that's all you're getting that's all you're getting you know Mm. you're getting uh, as much character development as you can get amid a shootout Uh, but it's wonderfully fun Really good and beautifully done. You know the number of squibs they fire off in this building. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's it's all practical effects as well. There's no CG blood splatter and stuff that okay. can ruin modern movies when they, you know, uh, John Wick Two. I rewatched again recently, and uh, for all the actual choreography of the fights are wonderful. There's a lot of slightly crap CG blood spatters, um, which. It's a bit of a shame when you go, oh, because it takes you out of it when you. Yeah, but no, if you if you enjoy uh, action films, then this is quite a novel one in that it doesn't link action sequences with dialogue. It's just one long action sequence from beginning to end with dialogue amid it and some very funny characters and motivations and stuff. It's great. It's great. How many Davids you give it? I think I'd give it eight. That's a lot. Yeah, yeah, I really enjoyed it, I, and I've been wanting to see it for a while. I kind of, I kind of thought I'd enjoy. Is it online now? Because yes, I've well. been waiting. It went, it went on streaming about a week or so ago to buy for nine ninety nine, and it's now available for three pound forty five on the Rakuten uh, and all the others, iTunes, Google Play. All oh, okay, cool. Yeah, yeah, all of those. But no, it's it's a, it's a good fun film. Check it out. All right, cool. Um, well. Um, I think it's time for this. Here's a letter from Stuart Garbutt. Good films for children. Did oh, sorry, he's not written D, he's just gone straight to David. Okay. I just felt like saying I automatically went deer when I read them when there was none. There was no deer. David married Buddy and other background noises. <laughs> I am a primary school teacher and during my teaching the very strict national curriculum I tried to cram in as many films in as possible. I read that wrong, sorry. Sometimes we're able to watch a whole film over several weeks, sometimes in small sections of films, and sometimes when it comes to the end of term, an entire film. Bloody hell. Throughout my teaching career I've shared with children Charlie Chaplin's The Circus and modern times Labyrinth Dark Cristo and Willow all films which have a special place in my own childhood my question to you is what other films should I try and share with my class all films need to be child friendly and are you so please don't recommend The Bumming Man keep watching the films Stuart uh, films for kids I mean I'm glad you mentioned uh, Labyrinth there because actually uh, as I mentioned last week I was in York on a bit of a break uh, back home and some uh, friends came to stay with their kids and I introduced them to uh, Labyrinth uh, on my dad's big telly he happens to have a 4k uh, version of Labyrinth wow um, 
and they loved it so much they watched it twice in the same day. Did they like the music to it? I think they did, although they didn't know who David Bowie was. I think, I have an inkling, because they've been brought up on CGI stuff so much these days, that the fact that these creatures and things were definitely there talking to the actors was probably quite exciting, because they don't get a lot of that these days in modern stuff. But anyway, other things that aren't Labyrinth... I've just gone through to my IMDb and I've gone to films I've rated that are you and there are very few films that are... Shaun the Sheep, the movie, was very good. I I mean, I haven't watched kids' films in a long time so I I probably can't recommend anything. uh, Things like The Hunchback of Notre Dame. That's good. Although Uh, there is that song where the bad guy sings about having a boner for Esmeralda. Wow. It's not very kidsy, that, is it? I mean, there's some odd ones which aren't really suitable. Uh, 2001 Space Odyssey <laughs> is a you. It's the worst thing you could recommend for kids. Yeah. That I mean, is the totally worst. Not. A Man for All Seasons, which is a great political thing about Sir Thomas More. Okay. So, Warship Down is the obvious one. That's an amazing film. Uh, I'm looking at I want films that are kids I enjoyed Lego Batman yes you know I thought that was a good kids film that I've seen recently oddly enough it's films that um, that are uh, uh, I'm trying to make sense my friend Paul I was talking about last week he recommended Notchka said he played Charlie Chaplin films in to his uh, niece and nephew who are around three, four, five years old. Yeah. And they absolutely loved it. Really? And they found it hilarious. So it's an odd time thing where, you know, I always watch Lauren Hardy now, I think, how did anyone enjoy this? Yeah, yeah. But, I mean, Charlie Chaplin, I can appreciate a bit more, but that they love it. They're not put off by, they weren't put off by the age of it, the black and white things, they didn't care about that, they thought it was brilliant. So that's like, the, the, it's almost ageless slapstick when yeah, it comes yeah. to young children. And that that is probably slapstick done at its best as well, because the skill of yeah. Chaplin and people in that era is incredible. Inside Out was a good one. If you want to talk, get your kids into um, psychology, yeah, <laughs> psychotherapy. Early on, the purpose of sadness being the the, the story of Inside Out. And uh, Buster Keaton's The General. Bloody Did you mention that yeah, one? Yeah, Buster Keaton. Which is uh, so if you're going to watch any Charlie Chaplin. Did he say that in the email or not? I'm not sure if he said... He said modern times. Yeah, so put some Buster Keaton in there. They'll love that. And the circus he mentioned, which I don't know. That's another chaplain. But, yeah, Buster Keaton is is excellent. Uh, The the Jackie Chan of his day, really, Buster Keaton, wasn't he? Yeah, less punching. Less punching. More running away from stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Um, More trains. More trains. Um, this is from Jules Lawrence who says watch her chaps just caught up with an absolute corker which slipped under the radar a year or so ago Wild Tales presented by Pedro Almodovar but actually a portmanteau of six short films from Argentina the linking theme is revenge and these are a superb collection of Latin tales of the unexpected there's a five minute pre-credit story which is pretty much the funniest and darkest thing I've seen in years and the other five deliver a cracking blend of twisted humour and overheated drama really recommend it for something a bit different 
In other news, Valer- uh, Valerian and the City of a Thousand Planets. I hate the fact folks have slagged this for nonsensical plot, not that it isn't completely daft. It makes every bit as much sense as most of what comes out of Hollywood, and Luc Besson's bonkers comic book aesthetic is a hundred times more interesting and quite genuinely beautiful at points. Thoroughly silly, but hugely watchable. Keep watching them, guys. Cheers. So, two points there. Um, we have talked about Wild Tales You've before. Seen it, yeah, it's excellent. Really, really good. Um, and I knew nothing about it when I watched it, and so it's a real surprise. I think it... it it got busted at the time in its publicity that it came out the week that uh, I think uh, an atrocity happened that was incredibly similar to its opening story. Oh, really? So I think they kind of went shush, 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 shush. But it, uh, track it down. It is well worth a watch. It's, uh, some of the stories have stayed with me. Uh, you know, fantastic. And Valerian and the City of a Thousand Planets. This is... It's not done very well. Uh, it's not showing, because I was interested in going... Uh, I, I haven't been to cinema for uh, a couple of weeks, because I've been on holiday. Yeah. But also, when I was on the Isle of Wight, it was really hard to find cinemas that were showing yeah. uh, anything other than Dunkirk well, it's, all the time. Valerian is based on... Uh, comics, uh, French comics that not in the not in the sort of DC and Marvel vein, but more in the Asterix and Tintin vein of that that sort of style of uh, comic book. Um, and I've I've got one of the I've got I've read a few Valerians. I've got one here as well, and so they're really fun stories. And Luc Besson, I think, is very good. I mean, obviously Leon, I think, is absolutely fantastic. But I really enjoyed the Fifth Element. It splits people, I know, but I just think it's so much. Fun. And this looks like him going back there to that whole shtick, but with CGI, which I'm less keen on. But it just didn't seem to grab me enough with its trailer. I mean, it's got two very odd choices for the leads in Cara Delvine and the bloke from. Uh, he sort of plays. He plays an oddball, weird-looking bloke. He plays weirdos. He was in what was it called? Super. Was it called? It was. I think his breakout thing. Um, I'll look him up now because we don't know his name, do we? Slightly sad face. Dane DeHaan is his name. He sounds like a Star Wars character. Chronicle, not Super. Chronicle. Oh yes. Where though it's that sort of found footage superhero thing. Um, and then he played the Green Goblin in Spider-Man reboot. Bef- I quite like Chronicle. Chronicle's great. Mm. Yeah. Uh, but yes. Well, if Valerian is good, we should maybe check it out. Well, here's another email. His uh, name is called Neil the Wheel. My film idea. Hello, Matt, David, Buddy, and the guy driving the police car with a sign here every episode. Plus, they'll be in the police here without the police, won't they? Well, they listen to every episode of this in their police car. Here is my great film idea. This is harks back to when we're asking uh, view, uh, listeners for their own film ideas. Yeah. If I was good at writing, then I'd write it myself. Dave is driving down a country lane at night and hits a man and kills him. He drives off and is upset that he has killed someone. <laughs> then it's revealed the ghost that Dave hit is sitting right next to him in the car. Hilarity ensues as the ghost makes his life hell. Towards the end of the film, the car crashes into a lake and is sinking. As it does, the ghost starts to disappear. It turns out that the paramedics have gotten to his body and are beginning bringing him back to life, leaving Dave to surely die in a sinking car. As the ghost guy is brought back to life, he is convinced the paramedics to drive to the lake to rescue Dave before he drowns. They think he's crazy, but do anyway. He gets there just in time to save him. Cue tears of joy from everyone watching the film. Just give me the Oscar now, please, Neil. I think it's quite an interesting film. It's a short film, isn't it? I mean, because the whole middle there... Is... Well, he'd, have a, he'd have to have a mild injury where he can live for an hour. The, the length of the film, yeah, yeah. Unless it's a real-time 
uh, one of those real time films i.e. an hour and a half I mean that's some skillful paramedics to bring a man back from death after over an hour isn't it but I mean I I slightly resent the idea that I would hit and run at the beginning well I don't I don't know if it was you or just someone I think well I can't drive so I don't know what I'm doing in this country lane (laughs) yeah I don't think it was you I think it was just someone called Dave rather than David I would have could I assumed it was about me but um well every I assume all films are about me, though. Well, a lot of these dear David American buddies, not even to, not, it's to another David. <laughs> and a, it, different, a different buddy. It's always you. It, yeah. Um, this is from Ewan McInnes. He says, Dear David Marrick and Buddy, here's an email to help irrigate your letters section during the drought. Saying that, you often get too many after one of your begging sessions, so feel free to store it up for later. We have done. I uh, just wanted to say that The Big Sick was a refreshingly funny romantic comedy. A bit like Untouchable slash Les Untouchables. It made the characters themselves funny rather than relying on contrived setups. This could be because it was written by a true stand-up, uh, Kamal Nanjiani, and his wife Emily Gordon, who both understand comedy. But then again, we've all seen successful comedians fail to write convincing dialogue. I'd recommend it to most people as the film itself is also really well put together. Didn't drag on and actually get actually got emotional even if for those of us aware of uh, Kamar's actual life it is after all based on a true story we knew how it all ended keep watching the films oh and you never mentioned the last film I talked about a short called Interesting Ball by the Daniels the Daniels? don't know what that is who also directed Swiss Army Man oh I think um, autocorrect has changed someone's name to the oh okay who directed Swiss Army Man? can't remember right uh, despite David saying on the podcast that you would discuss it later not a complaint just something I'd still like to hear your views on interesting ball uh, oh I should I mean I'm looking at I'm going to look up that nose name sorry we didn't uh, mention apologies, it apologies you, you must realise my memory there we go that's a sign from my memory's absolutely screwed so I would instantly forget what anyone said as soon as I finished the podcast ok it's Dan Kwan uh Oh, the Daniels, as in it's two people called Daniel, have directed Swiss Army Man. Oh! Dan Kwan and Daniel uh, Scheinert. So they've done something else, apparently, called Interesting Ball. Okay, let's see. What is a short film from 2014. A red ball bounces past a cafe and a couple of folks' houses and then goes to the beach, is the the synopsis. (laughs) That sounds good. Well, Well, I'll say it sounds interesting. Yeah. Okay, well, um, I uh, because I've been on holiday, I haven't been to cinema because uh, uh, they weren't showing. Sure, I explained anything uh, in, in, uh, that I hadn't seen, so I watched something on streaming. What did you see? I watched Notes on Blindness. So this is uh, a film where it's based that uses tapes from this uh, writer and theologian um, is that how you say it? Theologian? Yeah. Uh, John Hull from the 1980s and he realises that he's slowly going, going blind so he makes a series of cassettes of his notes and observations right. of what it's like going blind. Wow. And these tapes, they later use, I think they got published as a series of audio cassettes in the 1990s Um and uh, judging this is obviously an edited version of those cassettes into an, an hour and 30 minute documentary which is the perfect length for a documentary 
and they've just got actors in one is Dan Skinner who we know to and other actors to mime to his tapes the bits they show so they're miming to his, the actual tapes himself I mean his his voice is quite it's really refreshing to hear uh, he's a, a really mild spoken Australian man and his voice is very slow and measured so it's always at this he's all speaking at this sort of pace very better better, better voice it's, and because of the, the slow and measured way he's speaking he can almost feel your heartbeat slowing down watching this film do you feel yourself going blind no but you do think obviously you think about that and what's it I would say this, but uh, this is a great film, a really interesting film. I give it seven or eight Marricks. But what is amazing about the film is it's not the score, the, it's the editing of the tapes, which is obviously brilliant, with the music added to it and the sound effects added to that. And at some points during the film, I found myself closing my eyes and enjoying it purely as an audio experience. I would say it's a film where the visuals are secondary. To the, I mean, you could just release this as a tape, basically. But has this been made by a blind person? So that might be why. N- no, it hasn't <laughs> been made by a blind person. Okay. But I think they they add something to it. But yeah. they're so powerful. The uh, the audio is so powerful that it should be listened to. It could be listened to separately. And here's the point. I think what's it? We talk about films where you should watch on the big screen. Yes. I watched this film with my headphones on in my computer so that's sort of most intimate on my laptop yeah and I think this is how you should watch the film almost as if you're listening to a cassette because there's something quite romantic about that old pressing record and playing hearing the audio and the, the slight hiss and the way it sounds on the cassette is a very unique sound so this sounds like it should have been an audio book well it was well originally they he did these these notes about how he goes blind and it was released as an audio book right and it won a huge awards for obviously being an amazing audio book because when he first went blind he was an academic trying to get hold of book realising he was going blind worrying that how he's going to read to research yes and he contacted the sort of various uh uh, people who make the I don't know who the people who make the blind books of the blind and they said well there aren't any books aren't, blind people don't read big books there's only romances and detective novels so he paid he got a range for people to read these books to him wow. to get access to all these cassettes so he could continue doing his job preparing for the fact that he was going blind knowing that he had this little network of research people people reading his books out loud so a real pioneer well, yeah. for, and I imagine a lot of people and before podcasts came the audio book obviously is a, is crucial for blind people so his cassettes yeah. of something going someone going through the same experience incredibly popular now as well audio books you know yeah I, I think because of the number of people commuting and everybody having handheld audio equipment on them in their phone that you know I want to listen to his audio books I think they'd be fascinating and there's some absolutely incredible things in this film purely from the audio book so right one thing that really moved me he talks about so he's talking about going blind not seeing his children what he likes and how the fear of how he creates his own world from being he has to have familiarity it's basically how he creates his own world I remember before I don't know if I talked to you about listening to another podcast where um, I can't remember what it's called minutia something about minutia where they talk about odd things and he talked about these this this boy who developed 
his own way of seeing things. They looked at, they did a brain scan on him and he could start to build up a picture of things. His brain operating the same the same bits of his brain flashed up in a neuro scan, where it is yes. as someone who could see uh, when he made clicking sounds. So he developed he used to ride a bike basically um, and he developed a way of making a clicking sound with his mouth which would be almost like sonar with the whales so the sound would bounce off things yeah. and he could work out where it was and he did it from such a young age when he went blind that that got so advanced to advanced level and his argument was that blind children shouldn't be treated with kid, kid gloves they should be just forced out there into the world where they have to make big fall off bikes and make sounds and he was teaching other kids how to you know young kids how to click so they mm. could develop this thing so when he when he had a scan on his brain he was almost building up it, it taught it reprogrammed itself to almost build up pictures from the sound wow anyway relating that back to the film there's an amazing moment when he go he walks outside in the rain you know we all feel comforted by the rain and you don't think for someone who's blind so you can't see anything suddenly when the rain coming down Makes a, it builds up a picture so you can tell you know at night time you look you're in the window you can hear you're hearing the rain hit everything mm. so you're aware of all for someone blind well this this is the uh, emotional moment in Ben Affleck's Daredevil who, oh really who is blind and the rain lets him see his girlfriend's face for the first time because because uh, of all the oh time. so I'm not seeing so maybe that's taken from um, I think his... maybe he's just he's not actually blind he's just copying the film Daredevil by the sounds of it well he did release the tapes outside of it <laughs> what year did he release them in though mm, I mean that's well he was went blind in 1983 so oh, probably I before Ben Affleck's say... Daredevil <laughs> but it's quite, I think the way it's done is really beautiful of yeah. him saying he wishes it could rain inside so he had a way of building up that picture. But I've never thought of rain from that perspective of yeah, a blind no, person interesting. of suddenly being able to imagine where everything is by hearing the rain on things. Well, I, I assumed it was sort of sentimental wank in Daredevil, but if it, that is actually true about blind experience, yeah. then that film was better researched than I, I thought it was. But it's really fascinating. I think he's a brilliant narrator... And even if you don't watch the film, I would think look out for John. I think John Holt. He died a couple of years ago, so sadly before this film was released. But was a real pioneer for, um, you know, he was doing things that went before do documenting yes. and, and speaking really honestly about his experience. What's great about it because he's an academic and because he's obviously a very intelligent man. He's not a mo- they're really well measured, intelligent insights into the fears and how he's coping and the depression uh, and coming out of that and how he's changing relationship with blindness. I think it's fascinating. How many Marricks? Eight or seven or eight Marricks. But I think it's... I mean, that is... You're marking it down because it is not as cinematic as it need be. It, it sounds like you should just listen to the audiobook. I, but I think the, edit- the, ed- the editing of the actual score, whatever it's called, with the oh, way it's done okay. with the, with the yeah. sound in it is great. I just think as an as a film experience do you need the film right is it more powerful to not have to experience this as he would experience it to just sit lie there with your eyes closed yes and listen to him would be for me a more powerful experience than seeing the seeing so put the film on and then don't watch it uh, yeah yeah I All mean right. Dan Skinner does a great job doing it they all do a great job and it's really it's beautiful some of the things there but I think to experience this possibly it's quite an odd thing to say but if you do watch it 
I would watch it with your headphones on because it makes you feel like you're listening to an old cassette tape yeah, yeah. and it brings you it's quite a nostalgic thing well there you go uh, free fire and notes on blindness this week that's that's us that's us I think um, we'll be back next week if you'd like to write to us then please go to filmfandango.com and fill out the form and also we do all of this for free so click the donate button whilst you're at it and uh, go give us some of your hard earned cash to say uh, thank you for, <laughs> for what we're doing here if you have <laughs> done weird way thank you very it. much you're very kind I appreciate yeah, yeah. it thank you very much everyone who has they, I, it I, inspires us to keep going I'm genuinely always surprised when it happens I'm pleased <laughs> yeah I'm very happy um, so thank you very much to everyone who has we'll be back next week keep, keep watching, watching the, the films, films.